Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, it is a pleasure for me uh, to be here in this morning sharing with you. Um, we're so excited to the partnership that we are having with Fellowship Baptist Church. It is a blessing for us to come alongside and partner together in something that we are really passionate about. We are so passionate about youth ministries. Uh, like Pastor Mike mentioned, my name is Ivan Alegria. Or if you want to use my, my Latino accent, you can call me Ivan. So this is my name, but whatever you want to call me, that's all right for me. Uh, I, I, we've been in Australia with our family. We just arrived this past March in 2022. So it's almost a year that God has given us the opportunity to be ministering here in Australia. Um, before sharing... Uh, from God's Word, I would like to share a little bit about our ministry, Word of Life, and also about our family, part of our testimony, and what is our role working with Word of Life here in Australia. Um, okay, this is my beautiful family. I hate to travel alone, but we just moved from houses the past week, so it's been a tough time for a family just to cleaning one house and moving to the, the, the new one and boxes in everywhere and, and all of that. You can understand that. So my wife and I, we are going to have uh, 13 years of marriage this next, this next March. Our youngest daughter, she's Michaela. She's eight now. Antonella, she is 11. Uh, we have been serving the Lord Jesus Christ during the last 13 years of our lives. Uh, this is a blessing for us just to be a part of, uh, we were part of, the, of a pastoral ministry back in Santiago in Chile. I was the youth pastor uh, during five years serving there in a Baptist church in the middle of the, the main city of Chile, Santiago. And then we moved to work with Word of Life in Chile during the last seven years. Uh, in 2017, I came here because Word of Life is a youth a ministry that is in over 80 different countries. So I came here in 2017 to partner with the ministry here. And during those 40 days of, of ministry and serving the Lord here, the Lord started to call our family to come here to serve as a missionary. So we started to pray with my wife because, yes, it was a big change for us just to move to the other part of the world to uh, change or language, or culture, everything behind. So we didn't have family here. So all our brothers and sisters, parents and grandparents, they live back in Chile. So it was a great uh, moving for us. But as the days were going and going, we felt from God His calling, that He was calling us for different situations. So we were praying. And in 2018, we say yes. Okay, yes, Lord, we're going to take this step of faith. Uh, we know that you're calling us to come here and serve, and we move forward. So we spoke with our leaders and directors in Chile, with our parents and, and family. Uh, so my dad, he's been a pastor over the last 40 years. So it's kind of, he's the guilty one for, for me to have this passion of missions and, and ministry. But at that, at that moment, he was sad. He was saying, no, you can't move that far away, but God was calling you. And we took the step of faith of saying, yes, Lord, we're moving forward. We want to be in your will. 
So in 2020, we were ready to come to Australia. We bought tickets. We started to sell everything from our house, from our home. And you know what? COVID came and we couldn't, we couldn't fly. So our flight got canceled twice. It was uh, like really frustrating and disappointed for us. But sometimes you leave situations when you don't understand what's going on around you and why if you want to serve God, all of a sudden, everything changes. But during those two years of waiting, during those two years of, of just trying to wait on the Lord, um, we found out that our youngest daughter, Michaela, she started to show some, some crisis, some seizures. So after some examinations, and after some, a lot of uh, neurologist appointments, we found out that or youngest daughter had epilepsy because she she had a, a small tumor on the left side of her brain. So she was under a medicine during 10, 10, 10 months. It was working really well. Uh, we were really like just waiting for the borders to open in Australia. But after 10 months, the medicine stopped working. So all the seizures and all the crisis came back. And her, her neurologist told us, you know what? We can change the medicine, but we don't know if this is going to work. Uh, so this was November 2021. We were expecting to come in December 2021. So again, you know, everything changed again because our youngest daughter, she, need, she needed a surgery, like a urgent surgery, a brain surgery. So it was really expensive. The most... Uh, these specialists, the best specialists lived in, in, in Brazil, in Porto Alegre. It's a city there it's one of, that has one of the best uh, medical centers and professionals. So we pray God, our youngest daughter, she's really brave. She's really bold. We were crying one, one night and she came and she told us, why are you crying? Because God is answering my prayer because I want to be healed. I want to be good. But now God is answering through the surgery. So we bow our needs in our needs. We pray God and we say, God, if this is your will, again, if you want us to go to Australia to serve you and this surgery is part of the journey, please, God, open the doors because we don't have the money. We don't have the contacts with the, with the doctors there. So the following morning, a person from here, from Australia, sent all the... the the amount of money for the surgery. So that was the first step. That was a miracle. Then the hospital in Brazil, they was booked out. They were booked out, but they opened a special day for our daughter to fly to Brazil to have the surgery because they heard that we wanted to come to Australia to serve as a missionaries. They are not Christians. They don't believe in Jesus as we believe maybe, but they were keen to help us to come to here. So praise God, the surgery was successful. We were there for a month for uh, the recovering and all of that. But now as we transition to Australia, our two daughters, they are going to school. They take in the, 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 the bus every morning. They travel 40 minutes to Pomacquari. And it's a great relief for us to know that she's not going to have any surgery again. And it's part of the journey. It's part of how God is doing everything for us to come and serve here with the Word of Life ministry. And we're so grateful for the hand of God 
in our family. If we can, okay, word of life. Our mission as, as a ministry is to reach, to reach the lost youth, to restore the backslider and refreshing the committed believer. We seek to do this through direct evangelism as well as supporting the local church by providing biblical resources and leadership training. We have two goals, two, two key goals in our ministry. The first one is that we want to see every student in everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. And we're so passionate about this because we want to see teenagers sharing their faith with other teenagers because it's going to be so hard to reach this world to reach the 3.1 millions of teenagers in Australia if we just think that we are the only ones that need to share the gospel to the teenagers. So that's why we dream to see teenagers sharing their faith with their peers, with their friends, in their context, in their same language, in the same culture. So this is our first goal. Our second goal is that we want to see every student in everywhere growing in the walk with Christ. Because we really believe that the more you grow in your spiritual life, the more you share about your faith. So that's why we're really working and training leaders in how to develop disciple-making ministries. Um, if you can move to the next slide. Okay, we're going to have a two-minute video where you're going to see and watch what is the Word of Life ministry about. Can you unmute the sound, please? You made a way when I was so lost. You came running when I could not. You gave your life to show me true love. You took my chains and gave me freedom. How could I not proclaim? The power of your name is flowing through my veins. Your praise I cannot contain. Hide that separates us in no depth that overtakes us. There's no fear within your presence. What's left to say?
that he has given us to share the gospel with teenagers, with students here in Australia. Uh, during the last years, I was studying and researching about Australia, and I came to this um, research uh, from Macrindle on 2021. After studying the youth and the teenagers in Australia, they concluded that the young people in Australia is not now part of the unreached, they, they identify the youth in Australia as a unreached group. And when you think about this concept of the unreached groups, you think about like the window 1040, the Middle East or countries in Africa, but now we're talking about a, the youth in Australia as the unreached group. So the first weekend that I came here and we did a kickoff with a church um, in, in Parkside Baptist Church, we ran a kickoff, a kickoff with them. And after the gospel presentation, I was talking with the Asian guy. So I was talking to him. I was sharing the gospel. We have we had a great gospel conversation. And he and he goes and he, he answered, you know what? This is the first time that I heard about the gospel. This is the first time in my life. He was seven, that's sixteen years old. This is the first time that I heard about Jesus. This is the first time that I hear about that God loves me and he sent Jesus to save me from my sins. And he told me, but you know what? I cannot commit to this yet because I have my parents there, both Buddhists. And if I say yes to Jesus, I'm saying no to my family. So I was really shocked and impacted to see that, yeah, it is true. There's a lot of teenagers here in this country that are still haven't heard about the gospel of Jesus. That's why we travel to all of our New South Wales and different regions in, in Australia to share Jesus' love to the students in, in this country. So I'm part of the, I'm directing and leading the local church ministries. Uh, we love this Bible verse from Ephesians chapter verse 12 because this is part of our board and our, our approach in ministry it is to equip his people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up so that's why we spend a lot of time in training youth leaders in different churches so they can be empowered and they can develop disciple making ministries in the local churches because we really believe that God, the, the plan A, the, the, the plan for reaching out this world with the gospel is the local church. As a work by mission, we go, we partner with Christian school, we partner with local churches, but we really believe that the church of Christ is a testimony that needs to shine as this 
very life to share Jesus' love with everyone here. So our mission is to serve local churches in the development of ministries that multiply disciples of Jesus. So, our next slide, please. One more. Okay, just, just an invitation, just an opportunity to partner with us. Please, if you want to join our support team, I'll leave a, a, a sheet there, right there in the corner. So please write your name down, your email, so you can have your newsletters or updates, so you can know more about our ministry and what the Lord is doing through us. You can pray for us. Please pray for us. We travel a lot. We face different situations because when you want to share the gospel, you're going to face opposition. And this is one of the things that we have been facing the last, the last month. So please pray for us as we travel and as we do the ministry and as we share the gospel with the students. But also, if you, what about this faith ministry? So all, miss, all the missionaries are supported by local churches, families, friends, um, and people that really believe in our vision to reach out the students with the gospel. But So if you want to participate with us, if you want to support our family in a financial way, please feel free to come to me after the service. We can discuss the details. But thank you again for being a part of what the Lord is doing through our ministry. Our monthly, of our, our monthly donors are the backbone of our ministry. All those who faithfully give what they can each month help us to reach our generation with the gospel of Christ. Our donors make our ministry happen. So thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity for me to share about what the Lord is doing through our family in this country. Please open your Bible in Acts chapter 13. During my years of ministry, God has given me the opportunity to, to share with different churches, with different ministries, and sometimes you can see a church growing, sometimes you can see a ministry thriving and flourishing, and you can see the, that the Lord is, is like prospering this, this ministry. And you wonder, what are you doing? What are you doing for this, just for, forget this growth? What? What's the, what's the key? What, what, what's, I don't know. What are you doing for, for have this, just in order to have this growth, this thriving ministry? And when we read the chapter 13 of um, Acts, and we go to the last Bible verses, let me read verses 49 and 52. The word of the Lord is spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited a God, the God-fearing woman and of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. We read those Bible verses. The word of the Lord was spreading through the whole region. A successful ministry. A, thrival, a, a thriving ministry. God was using this Paul and Barnabas 
to reach all, to reach out the whole region with the gospel. But in the verses 52, we can see that the disciples also, they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So if you just read those Bible verses, you can see really a thriving ministry. You can see like a ministry that you dream with, reaching out all black town with the gospel. Every house have heard the gospel through the, the local church. All the disciples filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So let me share with you four principles that we can get from Acts 13. That we can live, that we can understand to have a thriving ministry. What principles we must, we must follow, must we follow to have a thriving ministry? The first one, we can find this in the verses 1, 2, 3. In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Negro, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who has been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The first principle in order to have a, a thriving ministry a successful ministry, but not, not only a ministry, a thriving family, a thriving marriage, is that we have to, we must be a godly community. And it's awesome for me to see two characteristics of this community. The first one is that they have a great variety. And you can have, you, you can read in the verse, in the, in the verse one and two, different names, different stories, different cultures, different financial positions, Different backgrounds. You have Barnabas, who was one of the leaders of the church. You have Paul, who was a, a criminal that was converted with the gospel and now was growing in faith. You have Simeon. You have Lucius of Cyrene. You have Manaen, who has a good position with Herod the Tetrarch. So you have men of, of influence, men of financial, a good financial situations, men that they were really important in, and relevant in their community. You have a great variety. One of the things that I love from, from Sydney and from the different churches here is that you can tell and you can see different countries represented. You can see people from all over the world coming and gathered together with just one goal and one vision. And this is what's, what's going on here in Antioch. People with different backgrounds, people with different stories, people with different works, but coming together with just one goal. They were praying together. They were fasting together. They were dreaming with seeing the Lord moving through this small group. So even though we, are a, we have a great variety, we can have different contexts, but we can share one same goal, to make Jesus' name known in everywhere, to share God's love with everyone, but not only a great variety, but also a godly vision, a godly vision, and, and it really impacted me, the, the verse 2, because it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, 
while they were worshiping the Lord. And you cannot, I, I love music. I play the guitar and I sing with my wife. Uh, we love worship in that way. But here in this Bible verse, you, you don't see instruments. You don't see, you don't see people lifting their hands. You don't see people singing to the Lord. You see people serving together. You will, you see people praying together. You see people fasting together. And, 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 and the Lord uh, leads uh, Luke to use this word worshiping. They were worshiping the Lord because they got a godly vision. They were, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, it was in this In that moment when the Lord called Paul and Barnabas. It's really interesting that when we think about our family, when we think about um, our church or ministry, and we want to thrive, we, we want to success, to have success, we think about planning, we think about strategies. When it comes to your family, we, you, we think about having a, a good budget, you know, to have a good work, like a, a good job that can sustain all your needs. When we think about ministry, we think about planification, we think about different structures. And, but here, they were not in a planning meeting. They were not like discussing, dis, discuss, discussing different strategies. They are here just simple, simply praying, worshiping the Lord together, looking for His guidance, guidance and direction. I love this, this concept of a godly community. What does, the kind of com what does this kind of community do? This kind of community serve together. This kind of community worship together. They were worshiping. We pray together. And in the midst of this godly community, is there where, where the Lord is going to call His people to the work of service? Is, is, is in this context of worshiping, of praying, of, of serving each other, if each others, is in this context where the Lord is going to call His people to serve. If we want to grow, we, want, we, we must be a godly community. I love this quote from Paul Tripp on his book, Lead. He writes regarding this concept and he says, leadership communities are in trouble when they assign more power to their planning than to their prayer. Your devotional life gets kidnapped by preparation and planning and you're less dependent on and open to the ministry of the body of Christ. Fruit in ministry is the result not of our wise planning and diligent execution, but of the loving operation of God's rescuing and transforming grace. He produces the fruit. We are but tools in His redemptive hands. He calls us to Himself. He concrets us for His work. He produces commitment in our hearts, gives vision to our minds, empowers us, to be faithful and disciplined, brings people under our care, softens their hearts to hear the gospel, produces conviction and faith in their hearts, empowers their obedience, transforms their lives, and calls them into His work. If we want to see our ministries thriving, if you want to see our families thriving, we must be a godly 
community. It's not only about, it's not just about have the best structure. It's not about having the best job. It's not about having the best diploma on your wall. It's about being a godly family. It's about sharing the love of Christ. It's about worshiping together. It's about serving together. When was the last time that you fast in your family? When was the last time that you separate a special day, a special time for you just for praying, for asking God's direction in your life? So the more we spend time with God, the more we thrive, the more we flourish in our life. The second principle that this chapter teaches is that thriving ministries, thriving families, thriving marriage are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I love how the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit goes through this chapter. But I want to read John chapter 16, verses 7 to 10. The Lord Jesus is saying, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The, the Lord Jesus Christ, he promised to send the Holy Spirit to be a huge part and main part of our life and our ministry to be a part of our families, to take control of our lives. And it's amazing to see, starting in the verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Sit apart from me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit calling. It is amazing when you are really convicted that you are doing what the Lord has called you to do. It's, it is exciting to, to be sure, and to be 100% sure that you are doing God's will, that you are doing what God calls you to do. It's amazing to walk with Jesus every day, to read the Bible, and to know and understand that through His Word, the Holy Spirit is going to cause you. It's going to call you to repentance. It's going to call you to grow. It's going to call you to serve. It's going to call us to change. But we can see the Holy Spirit calling. It's interesting that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And this word, grieve the Holy Spirit, means stop listening to Him. Like, abort His voice. Neglect His voice. Just to don't, don't care about what God is talking to you. About what God is speaking to you. But it's amazing to see that the Holy Spirit is calling Paul on Barnabas. And you can tell, you can see through all the book of Acts. It's interesting that before chapter 13, you can, the, the story and, and the narrative of the book changes. 
Because the first two chapters, you're going to see all about the apostles of Jesus. Peter, John, Jacob, and all those guys that were ministry, that grew, that grew up under the ministry of Jesus. But in the verse 13, you're going to see a change in the books of Acts. It's no, no, no longer the apostles. Now it's Paul, Barnabas, Timothy, and his followers doing these mission trips. But everything is started with the Holy Spirit calling. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit voice in our life. He will direct us through the Word of God. And His vision must be our vision. Have you been in the, in the metro, in the train, or in a plane with someone beside you? And you have this thought, you have this feeling, you have this voice from the Holy Spirit telling you, you need to talk to Him. You need to talk to her. And sometimes we, we say, okay, Lord, ne next train, or the next plane, or the next line in the bank, whatever, please, the next person. Have you hear the voice of God telling you, you need to talk this to your kids? You need to have this conversation with your wife, with your husband. You need to do this. You need to go there. And sometimes we, we, we put ourselves in the first line and we say, God, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. What if Paul and Barnabas say to the Holy Spirit, we're happy to be here in Antioch. We don't want to move. We have our friends. We have our ministry here. We're, we're thriving. We're growing. We don't want to move. All those churches, all those planting churches, all those families, maybe would never hear about the gospel if they say no to Jesus, to God's voice. The Holy Spirit calling, the Holy Spirit guiding. According to Acts chapter 36, Barnabas uh, was from Cyprus. So it is, uh, it is amazing for me to see in the verse 4 of Acts chapter 13, it says, the two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. It was a strategic city to start to spread the gospel there. It wasn't the plan of Paul. It wasn't the favorite city of Paul. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit was guiding them to start everything from this is small island called Cyprus. It is amazing when you can live under God's voice and under God's guidance. Wherever He takes you, you will go. Wherever is the place where you're going to be, you can trust and you can know that He is with you because where the Lord, when the Lord calls us, He also guides us. When we started to think about Australia, we didn't know anything about Australia. We thought that we understand English because we live in South America and, and the English that we are most used to uh, listen to is the North American accent. So all of a sudden we come here and we enter to a shopping center and somebody was saying, how are you? And we were like... Uh, Okay, 
Hawaii. Is he talking about Hawaii or something like that? Then we will find out that, yeah, they, he was talking Hawaii or Gudai or some things that, yeah, you need to learn. Uh, now my seven, my eight uh, years old daughter, she's correcting my accent. And she's saying, Daddy, it's not was, it's was. It's not water, it's water. Because they're going to the school and they're learning all these accents. But sometimes you struggle and you say, God, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to stay. I'm not, I'm not going to take this step of faith. But listen to this. When the, go, when, when the Lord calls you, he guides you. It's walking by faith with Jesus. You don't know what, how it's going to be all the process. But what we do know is that He is with us. He is guiding us to the right spot, to the right moment, to the right job, to the right neighborhood, to the right moment in your life. So we can see here the Holy Spirit calling. We can see the Holy Spirit guiding. But also we can see the Holy Spirit protecting. Because where God calls you, He protects you. There is no place out of His protection. But like I told you before, the more you are keen to grow in your spiritual life, the more you are keen to be involved in church ministry, you are going to face opposition. And you can see here in verses 7 to 9, uh, verse 6, they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphoth. There they meet a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from their faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun, the Holy Spirit protecting you. And sometimes we, we have fear of rejection. We have fear of not, not knowing how it's going to look like. Okay, I'm gonna, I want to be involved in church ministry, but I have three kids. I have a full-time job. I can barely rest during the week. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Can I buy extra hours? Can I have 70 hours by day? Can I extend? Can I, can I buy an extra day for the week? But where, the God, where God calls you, He guides you, but also He protects you. He gives you everything what you need in order to be a blessing, in order, in order to have this thriving ministry. The third principle that we got from Acts chapter 13 
is that a thriving ministry, a thriving family requires a humble heart, requires a humble ministry. And let me talk a little bit about Barnabas. And I love, I love this man, Barnabas. According Acts chapter 9, verse 26, uh, let me read this, this quote uh, regarding humility from Paul Tripp in the same book, Lead. He says, the long-term health and gospel productivity of a church ministry leadership are directly related to the humility of the members of that community. Thriving ministry requires humble hearts. Thriving families, successful families requires humble people, humble hearts. And like I said before, I love the example of Barnabas. According Acts chapter 4, verse 36, he was called by the apostles, son, the son of encouragement. What a name. Those 12 guys that live with Jesus, the pillars of the early church, the leaders of the early church, call Barnabas. The son of encouragement. Do you remember what happened in Acts chapter 4? He sold a piece of land. And he grabbed all the money. He takes all the money. And he brings the money to the apostles. Saying, this is God's money. Please use it as you wish. Help people. Feed people. Or whatever you want to do. And his testimony was so impactful. And then you have Acts chapter 5. A couple like Ananias and Sapphira trying to imitate Barnabas. They said that they sold the piece of land for a certain amount of money. They were pretending that they were giving the whole amount, but they were keeping money for them. And it wasn't bad that they were keeping money. What it was, it was not right that they, was, they were pretending that they were doing something like what Barnabas did, but it was a lie. The son of encouragement. Barnabas was a leader of the early church. It was a man that was blessing a lot of people with his testimony, with his behavior. Then we have Acts chapter um, 9 verse 26, he took Paul to the apostles and talked about Paul's conversion and testimony in the moment where no one wanted to come alongside Paul because he was a dangerous guy. He was the guy that was killing Christians. But the son of encouragement come alongside Paul, brought Paul to the apostles to talk about what the Lord was doing in his life. He was kind of Paul mentor at that moment. Chapter 11, verse 25, he brought him. Barnabas take Paul to Antioch. For a whole year, they meet with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. We have 
the chapter 13, verse 1, the first name on the list of the leaders of the church of Antioch was Barnabas. The last one was Paul. So Barnabas was still leading the ministry there. Verse 13, chapter 13, verse 7, you see Barnabas and Paul. But, but then you have a turn on the history. You have a turn on the orders of the people there. Verse 13, uh, verse 43, you, you see Paul and Barnabas. And until the last chapters of Acts, you're not going to see now Barnabas. You're going to see Paul leading everything. You know, brothers and sisters, we need people like Barnabas. We need people like the son of encouragement. People that their only concern is to make Jesus' name known. They don't care about position. They don't care about recognition. They're just happy to be a part of what God is doing in this world. What if Barnabas said to Paul, No, I'm the number one. I don't want you to grow. I don't want you to be the first in, in the list. Just stay there. Stay down. It's not your moment yet. You need more experience. You need more, I don't know. But Barnabas was humble enough to let the others grow, to let the others flourish. He, his concern was to make Jesus' name known. He was happy to be the one who encouraged. He was just happy to be the one who brings encouragement to the church. He rather to be a small part in a big thing than a big thing in a small part. Let me say this again. He rather be a small part on a big thing than a big part in a small thing. He was happy to serve. He was happy to help. He was happy to bring encouragement. He was happy to help and to serve everyone. Church, we need humble people in our churches. We need humble people in our families. And you know, the more humble we are in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships, the more growth we can see. Humble hearts. But the first principle that we can get from this chapter is that if you want to see a thriving ministry in our church, if you want to see, if you want to see a thriving families, a thriving relationship with our friends, we need to have a clear message. We need to have a clear message. And let me read verses 37 and 39. Paul and Barnabas, they started their missionary trips. They started to share the word of God with Jews and Gentiles. And we have verses 37 and 39. 36, I'll start with 36. For when David has served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead, did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, 
the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Keep a clear message. Keep a clear message because the message of the gospel always produces something. I'm so sad of the time that sometimes we, we waste with our families. The silly conversations that we have. The, the meaningfulest conversations that we have in our families. We need to keep the gospel as the center part of our lives. Always remember, remembering look, the death of Jesus, his resurrection, and, and, that, and that just through faith in him, we can have eternal life. The gospel produces always fruit. The, the gospel produces fruit. You can see in verses 43 and 44, when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and argued to continue in the grace of God. Listen to this. On the next Sabbath, a week later, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. The gospel always produces fruit. It never returns void. It always going to make an effect in the lives that are listening to the message of the gospel. But also the gospel produces boldness. And it's amazing the verse 46. <clears throat> then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you rejected and do not consider yourself worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. It's interesting the word that the Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. And the word boldness there is not that they, they have this confidence on their experience. Their confidence is, it wasn't on the, the, their skills, on their preparation. The confidence and the boldness came from the message. They knew that they have the perfect message for the people there. They knew that they have the truth of God, the truth of the gospel. The gospel always produces fruit. The gospel always produces boldness. Trusting in the message of, the, of, of God's word. But finally, the gospel produces revival. You want to see your church growing? Do you want to see your family growing? Can I tell you something? Share the gospel. Share the gospel of Jesus. Think about this. When was the last time that you have a gospel conversation? And you can, you can think to yourself, and you can say, okay, but I am behaving as a Christian. In my workplace, I'm listening to Christian music. 
But when was the last time that you shared the gospel with anyone? When was the last time that you have a gospel conversation with a random people, like in anywhere, with, with a lost one, with, with, a, with a friend of you, with a, with a person close to you? The gospel produces revival. Verses 49, the word of the Lord is spread through the whole region. Verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. In the midst of opposition against, we see revival. We see people coming to know Jesus. We see people rejoicing in the Lord. We see Christians getting involved in mission. And we see the gospel is spreading out. Let me tell you something. Missionary activity always produces more missionary activity. Do you want to see your families growing? You want to see your teenagers stop struggling with the things that they struggle? Share the gospel. Share the gospel. Be an example. Model it. We need to model it. We need to be an example of having this clear message. Because the gospel always produces fruit. The gospel always produces boldness. The gospel produces revival. I want to wrap up with a, with a story that happened to us here in Australia a few months ago. When we arrived to Australia, uh, our youngest daughter, Michaela, she didn't speak English very well. So we started the school year on, on this past March, and we didn't know that on her grade, uh, it was a little guy, which his mom is from Argentina. So he speaks uh, Spanish really fluently. And nobody knew that. For, for, so for us, it was a miracle because the only uh, um, Spanish speaker on the school was on our youngest daughter's grade. So it was great because for a couple of months, he was like the personal translator for her. So all the instructions, all the, all the homeworks and everything, this, this guy called Leo was translating everything to her daughter. But this helped us to establish a relationship with Leo's mother, who came from Argentina to Australia a few years ago. During COVID, his, uh, her mother passed away. She got divorced. So a, a woman with a lot of struggles and troubles in her life. So my wife, she started to um, establish a relationship with them, with her. And a few months ago, she moved from one house to another there in Pomaquari. Uh, she has no friends there. She has no family there. So my wife told me we should help her in the moving. Uh, and during, like during five months, my wife was praying for her in a campaign that we have uh, in World of Life called Reach One. So I have some, some cards, and I'll explain you this. Think about one lost person that you want to reach with the gospel. 
Think about one lost people, one lost friend that you want to reach with the gospel. So my wife was praying for this Argentinian lady during a few months. We were praying for her. God gave us a opportunity for us to share the gospel to her. So the moving was a great opportunity to, uh, for us to come and serve, to come and help her to, to you know, to work. The, we gave her the whole, the whole day. Uh, we took some interns from World of Five because, yeah, we needed more help. So when we finished all the moving, uh, my wife told, told to, him, to, to her, and she goes, please give me five minutes before we leave. Because, yes, we, come, we came here, we help you, but we have something more important to share to you. And he, she had a great gospel conversation with this Argentinian lady. And it is crazy because in a school in Paul Macquarie, the only Spanish speaker goes to, my, to our youngest daughter, and God was doing all those connections for just one reason. She needed to hear the gospel. She needed to know the love of God. So I just wanted to encourage you to grab one of these cards, to scan the QR code behind it, and write the name of your lost one, of your rich one, the person that you want to reach with the gospel. So all these teachings, so all these uh, challenges from God's word can be more than just ideas, can be more than just good intentions, and can be something real in your life. We pray every day to see more students coming to know Jesus because we know that the gospel changed the eternal condition of the humanity. But also the gospel gives us a refreshing life, a life with Jesus, a life with hope, a life with joy, the joy that only the Lord Jesus can bring to our lives. Please join us as we pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to open your word, to meditate on it, to hear your voice, and help us, God, to see thriving families in this church. Help us, God, to see thriving churches and ministries all over Australia. God, help us to have a humble heart, to be connected with you every day, God, help us to grow in faith, to be bold and brave, to take those steps that you're leading us. Thank you, God, for all those who are committed to serve you. But God, give us more opportunities to keep a clear message to the people, a clear message to this world, the message of hope, of love, of forgiveness that we can find in Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Yvonne. appreciate sharing your ministry and the word with us today so faithfully. We appreciate the challenge. So uh, let's respond to that in, in song and hopefully uh, prayerfully as we, as we sing and yield ourselves to God's service. Let's sing together, O Church Arise. That's a 
challenge for us to each other. Stand and sing. Thank you. 